0: Coming at you live from the therapeutic doodlings of a controversial cartoonist, it's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching?
1: Got
0: a problem with
1: cartoons?
0: Welcome to another episode of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio.
1: And I'm your co-host Sylvie Kettles.
0: And it's time once again, Sylvie, to go after dark here at Cartoon Night in Canada. We We are digging through that bottomless barrel of Canadian adult animation, and we haven't quite hit the bottom yet, and I don't think we will.
1: Are you sure?
0: I am sure. I'm, I'm almost positive there is worse out there than the subject of today's episode, but...
1: Because we got pretty low.
0: We are on a losing streak, as it has been established. I am a Sons of Butcher defender, but yeah. I, that's not a strongly held belief, and I will fold at, these, at the moment's notice when someone I respect finds that out about <laughs> me.
1: Like, oh no, it's all ironic, I swear!
0: Yeah, the 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 t-shirt. Like that was that was a bit. Don't worry. It's it's not it's not serious. I can Coward. I can quit any time.
1: Coward.
0: Let, let, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Until one of my things that I like is embarrassing, then you know what? That's the one exception. There is guilty pleasures now. I'm sorry.
1: There is one. Everybody gets one.
0: Everybody gets one guilty pleasure, and I hope it's not today's subject. Uh, Before we get into the thing proper, uh, let's clear the air here, uh, because this might be a controversial episode due to what is being represented here. Uh, Both myself and Sylvie are, by uh, most public standards, traditionally able-bodied people.
1: Physically, yes.
0: Physically, yes. Uh, Mentally, another question, but... um, And... Well... There's a thing called taboo subject matter. And sometimes controversial people make it their whole shtick. And when when that is adapted to another medium wherein they were not originally in control, a lot can get lost in translation, a lot of meaning can be transferred, and we, can just, we end up dealing with the brunt of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, content warning for... <laughs> This episode of Cartoon Night in Canada for uh, ableism and sexual assault. I think we're the only two biggies in this episode.
0: I mean, maybe blasphemy, but I don't give a shit about that. <laughs>
1: nah, no, fuck that.
0: So let's, let's, let's get this over with. My seven friends are with me, they're free in leading form. I got to go called Franny, my shelter from the storm. Don't touch your feelings pity, the hard times never last Without- to stand on, I still manage to kick ass. my life such as it is, my life such as it is, such as it is! Paralyzed, paralyzed, life. On this week's episode, we are taking a look at quads, or John Callahan's quads, if you're feeling nasty. Uh, created by and based upon the work of taboo paraplegic cartoonist John Callahan. And developed by the team of Andrew Nickel and Daryl Vickers, who are also responsible for Casper's Scare School, Kid vs. Cat, Will & Do It, Ned's Nudes, and hundreds of writing credits on cartoons and sitcoms throughout the 90s and 2000s. They're real journeyman writers, and in the early 2000s, they were in on the John Callahan business. For whatever reason. So, the show was produced through Nelvana, our friends at Nelvana, and was also like a cabal of other production companies were involved such as Animation Works, Media World Features, SBS Independent and Film Victoria as in Australia because yes listener this is for whatever reason a co-production between Australia and Australia and Canada making it, making it technically, technically
1: con- Canadian
0: the best kind of Canadian so it's a Canadian show produced partly and aired in Australia and based on a cartoons by an American man classic that is, that is as Canadian as maple butter. <laughs> That's how that saying goes. And it aired from February 2nd, uh, 2001 to October 19th, 2002, lasting about two seasons on Teletoon. Uh, for today's episode, we took a look at Season 1, Episode 7, Gonad's Faust. And uh, how familiar were you, Sylvie, with John Callahan beforehand?
1: I had probably heard the name before like in passing um Mm -hmm. but i had never i had never read any of his work to my knowledge i might have seen something like in high school um but so i i read a few of his i found dug up a few of his old uh one panel comics as part of my research for the show
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and yep
0: that's all (laughs) needed to be said on that um well you Say, like, you, you go back to that 2001 and this show comes on, and it's, like, it's not just quads, which not a great name to begin with. It's John Callahan's quads, and...
1: That gives it, like, an artsy aura.
0: This is, like, the kind of, like, I, if I'm remembering correctly, the first time I saw, like, a specific creator being credited above the show title... Yeah. Where it's actually a part of the title. It's like, this is John Callahan's quads, not that knockoff quads that some other John network...
1: didn't make.
0: Yeah. I, Because I, I did, I, I, like yourself, I wasn't too aware of it before watching quads way back in the early 2000s. So I didn't realize he was that big of a deal to need this front-facing credit. Yeah. But if you've never heard of John Callahan, here's the kind of... uh. Uh, Teal Deer on him. Uh, He was a Portland-based comics artist who tragically lost the use of his legs and most of his lower and upper body after a drunk driving accident at the age of 21. Teaching himself to draw by literally using one hand to drag the other across a page, he made a name for himself with his black humor, off-color, often controversial comics, which took as their subject the public's insular view of the differently abled and taboo subject matter. His comics frequently featured pitch-black humor and exaggerated character design, and which often got him compared to uh, Gary Larson of the Far Side fame, and his simplistic drawing style got him comparisons to, like, William Steig, the uh, scratchy Shrek guy, and, for our Canadian fans, uh, Richard Condy, the tour behind The Big Snit and The Ark, uh, feature episode subjects.
1: It does have a similar air of Big Snit.
0: Doesn't it? Doesn't it? And... Yeah. yeah. That, that, that kind of style was really in at the time. Um, probably a lot of you know the name John Callahan from the 2018 Gus Van Sant film. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot based on John Callahan's uh, autobiography. Or maybe maybe you don't because no one saw that movie.
1: Myself included.
0: Yeah, uh, myself included.
1: I, I don't have a very good track record with Gus Van Sant though, so...
0: Ooh, let's not get into that. Uh, but if that if that title wasn't at all indicative of his humor, uh, he was he was a button pusher of a humorist, and a lot of his comics uh, made made a lot of people uncomfortable, and got him a lot of hate mail uh, as fr- from working at the William like William Met Week, uh, the Portland newspaper that he did his comics for, which eventually got nationally syndicated in some places. So, yeah, uh, so, like, a traditional kind of John Callahan comic would be something like, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of?
1: Well, there's the one that Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot is named after, where it's, uh, like, a classic, um, sheriff, sheriff's posse from western film, uh, riding through the desert, and they find an empty wheelchair, and... And so the tagline is, "Don't worry, he won't get far on foot."
0: Yeah, like it's it's very uh, it, it's very Gary Larson, it's very Far Side, wherein it's a one-panel uh, black humor bit, and you immediately get the punchline. Like there there is yep. no there there is no like contemplation or cleverness associated with the joke. It's just this is the bit. Uh, I, I'm thinking of another one where. It's a person with hook hands standing at the bar and the bartender says, sorry, Rick, you can't hold your liquor. Hold for laughter.
1: (laughs) Like, so what I found going through all these comics was, like, obviously, it's very simple, simple humor. I get it. And I also will not sit in too much judgment for Callahan, like, using dark humor when, when talking about, like, his own life and his problems. As someone who also copes with uh, with humor, I get it. Yeah, I don't find it funny, but I get it.
0: Yeah, if anyone was allowed, if there's ever allowance for someone to uh, push buttons, humor, if anyone ca- deserves the kind of buzzwordy uh, distinction of politically incorrect, it would... Like, I, I would allow that to John Callahan. Everybody, every other dime store comedian can fuck off with that.
1: Yeah. There was there's a conversation to be had about like making fun of your own darkness, but it's crossing a line to mock someone else's darkness because like you don't know that shit.
0: Yeah, I I have a quote here from uh, Callahan, uh, and I swear we'll get to the episode proper, but there's not a lot to talk about there. Uh, yeah. So like when he was asked, I I think it was on NPR about um about his comic style and why he chose like this like this area of subject matter for his work. He says, "My only compass for whether I'm I've gone too far is the reaction I get from people in wheelchairs or with hooks with for hands, like me. They are fed up with people who presume to speak for the disabled. All the pity and the patronizing—that's what is truly detestable." End quote. So that's that's what we're dealing with here: is a very bitter and angry individual who is using humor to to to, to put kind of his like a life experience into a digestible fashion.
1: Yeah, and it makes sense. Like it. That anger really reads in a lot of his work.
0: Uh, there's there's one that I think is actually pretty like like pretty profound. Uh, if I can even use that, uh, it's two it's two heads on skateboards uh, panhandling on a sidewalk, and one of them has an eye patch, and the one who doesn't have an eye patch turns the other and says, "Man, it's people like you that really inspire me." And I like I yeah. I think I think that's a solid premise for a bit. I think I like I get what he's saying there and I think it yeah. all comes across.
1: Yeah, that's I didn't I didn't see that one, but that's yeah.
0: Like that that is uh that is not satirizing or like taking aim at the the differently abled in that case. It is taking aim at the public.
1: Yeah, who who look at someone just trying to survive and saying wow, you're really inspiring, and it's like, I don't fucking want your inspiration, I want to live.
0: Or who 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 or who view the disabled on, like, a scale of respectability, wherein the more tragic, the more, like, like the more better off they are. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, the bit of that one panel comic is that those two people are on the exact same level, but just one little added thing suddenly makes one le- more contemptible than the other.
1: Yeah, it's like the um the a manifestation of the the idea of the oppression Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh we're not really talking about John Callahan or his work. We're talking about John Callahan's Quads. Uh one of actually two shows that uh came out in the early two thousands developed by Andrew Nichols and Daryl Vickers based on John Callahan's work.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to get to the other one another time aren't we
0: i've never heard of the other one
1: i hadn't either um which isn't surprising for me but
0: like that that was a surprise to me when uh doing research for this show and not not this show but like cartoon night canada and broadly when i said like oh we got to talk about quads and then i look it up it's like there was another fucking john callahan cartoon also made by nelvana
1: we'll get to you pelswick
0: terrible name I mean also but I mean
1: so is this one.
0: Quads is not a great name. That that definitely feels like they were trying to get that to, like to trend or catch on.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a first draft name.
0: Like they no, they're not uh, they're not disabled. They're quads cuz that's yeah. cooler.
1: Yeah, that's that, that does sound like a a holdover of 90s lingo. Quads.
0: So the uh, the premise of John Callahan's Quads uh God help you if you do not credit the artist. Um, I, I'm sure before I'm sure before his death in 2010, uh, he was proud of this one. Yeah. Put his name on it and everything.
1: Just right there. Uh,
0: the premise of John Callahan's Quads is uh, it takes as its main character Riley O'Reilly, a alcoholic asshole who is paralyzed from the neck down after an accident involving a very rich man the very rich man grants him a mansion as compensation because Riley O'Reilly is drunk and poor and couldn't afford a lawyer, but Mort, the rich neighbor, is an idiot. So he buys him a mansion, and Riley fills that mansion with a bunch of his disabled friends.
1: And his girlfriend.
0: And his uh, hippie girlfriend, and... They have adventures, I guess, money making schemes, and generally just be dicks to one another.
1: Yeah. This is like yet another instance of just my general problem with sitcom friend groups where everyone just seems everyone hates each other.
0: No one seems like friends. Uh like you can never like imagine a like a tender moment between any of them because they're all too busy riffing on one another.
1: Yeah, they're they're all Too busy like finding each out each other's insecurities and then like plucking at that nerve, yeah, just over and over and over again for I don't know a giggle.
0: Like I like I don't know, but if I was uh, if I was in if I was Monica in the Friends group and everyone kept commenting like, "Hey, remember when you used to be fat?" I'm like, "What? Why am I friends with you people?" Be friends. Yeah, throw it right back in their face. These people are not your friends, but yeah. Given the mean-spirited nature of John Callahan's uh, comic writing everybody is just kind of at each other's throats here so we got Riley the main protagonist who is in a wheelchair he is the titular quad yep then we have uh his his personal uh his personal nurse and caregiver Spalding, whose uh, his abnormality is that he is a homosexual man from Australia
1: what a, a trip. I mean, he's from Australia. That should have been his real problem. Oh. But this was 2001. So.
0: Yeah, like, it, it wasn't enough that they made him, like, a, a queer. They also made him a criminal from being from, by being from Australia. I'm John Callahan. This is my joke. <laughs>
1: uh, we got Blazer.
0: We got Blazer, the uh extremely perverted and sexually aggressive head on a skateboard. Yeah, we sure do. And then we got uh, Lefty, the a-fet uh, and very fey, hook-handed man.
1: I didn't- I know he didn't appear that much in this episode. I didn't mind Lefty.
0: Ah, uh, then uh, we should have picked the other episode where he becomes a horror movie villain. Yeah. But uh, hi, I, his, his whole bit is, as I said, he, uh, he is just a bit cultured and intelligent and sensitive, so everyone calls him gay. Naturally. That, I mean, that's... what else are you gonna do? that's a bit in, in and of itself and there's also Fontaine the blind black man um that's the long and short of it yep and then it there's sure is there uh, then there is Grizz the uncultured alcoholic who's just kind of around yeah there's there's not a lot to go on here uh m- most of these uh like this whole friend group like the whole idea is that they all have a specific abnormality or differently abled uh perspective but uh the show never makes fun of that well they do and they don't like riley isn't uh mocking uh lefty for his hook hands he's mocking him for being gay
1: yeah and that's i don't know i don't even know what to call it
0: <laughs> bad ugly i'm so tired uncomfortable
1: uncomfortable is good <sighs> lazy
0: I, I mean like it's It's a very simple way to draw up a cast, wherein you pick a trait, or in this case, uh, writing quads, you pick a disability, and that is their trait. Yeah. And also, we didn't even mention Riley's girlfriend, uh, Franny, uh, whose horrible disability is that she's an environmentalist.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, the horror.
0: That's the humor that we're dealing with here. It was 2001, and anybody who cared about the environment was a hippie dipshit.
1: Yeah, this is like riding off the uh, the high of... uh... An inconvenient truth and being like wow anybody who believes that they must be crazy
0: and don't get me wrong that it's a it's not a great uh, film it's a, it's a glorified PowerPoint presentation but yeah. most of that information is right and yep. at the very least we should have been more concerned than we were uh, but I don't think the response, uh, for example, South Park, that made him a gibbering idiot on their epi- on their series for multiple episodes. I don't think that's the right response either.
1: If if you care about anything one way or another, you are wasting your time, mm-hmm. and you're you're getting in the way of people's lives.
0: So, as I said for today's episode, we took a look at uh, Gonads Faust, uh, mostly for the pun in the title.
1: It's a good pun. It is a like, good as far pun. as stupid pun titles go, uh, it's also one of uh, the ones that doesn't have a, a slur in it. Right yep. There uh, in the yeah. title.
0: And at the very least, uh, it's it's somewhat based on what is considered one of the greatest pieces of German literature of all time. So, you know, it could, could have, have something done
1: something going for it, right?
0: They're, they they could have surprised us. They didn't, but they could have. <laughs>
1: So in this episode, Riley can't get a boner.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, despite him being, uh, despite him being paralyzed from the neck down, uh, apparently his sex life was uh, very healthy up until this point, wherein just seemingly out of nowhere, he can no longer get hard. And Franny, his girlfriend, who, who the two have nothing in common beyond their sex life, I'm assuming, because. He is a cynical, slacker asshole who doesn't care about anything. And she is a spiritual advisor, uh, who, an environmental activist, and kind of a hippie, as well as a feminist. And what were they yeah, talking about? About
1: Literally all they have going for the them as a relationship is that they sex good, allegedly.
0: Allegedly, up until this episode, where yeah. uh, as she calls it, his mighty rain stick doesn't work anymore.
1: Mighty, that's the word.
0: And uh, that causes a lot of problems between the two. And Riley decides, rather than, say, I don't know, learning to eat pussy, he sells his soul to the devil to get hard again.
1: Like you do. As one does. So uh, after that, it it follows, like, basically a, a classic Faustian deal with the devil, where, like, yeah, he has a boner he has a functioning dick but also he's not always in control of himself and he later gets possessed by the devil and has to be exorcised
0: yeah this is where like the kind of like laziness of the script writing is showing because uh you're doing a faustian tale why did you like near the end dip into the exorcist right like get your metaphors correct Get, get like your adaptations correct uh that's not how uh, Goethe's Faust plays out. It's it's a much more kind of like congenial relationship between in that play, Mephistopheles and Goethe. No, yeah. That's Uh Fa- Faust.
1: Faust. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be a little more ironic. Like, aha! What a twist! Your no. your wish has brought you burdens, and it's like, nah. We we like the film The Exorcist. That's just easier
0: that like they kind of wrote themselves into a corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, the exorcist is easier to do than Faust.
0: Yeah, but somehow the show didn't figure out a way to do the fucking exorcist shot, but despite the fact they set up for it.
1: Right. Oh my god.
0: So, let's talk let's talk about how the show looks. Um cuz I got so, a lo- I got a lot to say about the nothing going on here.
1: So so John Callahan was making like newspaper comics, which are already like really quick to have to be produced quickly uh cheaply they're they're being printed on relatively cheap paper so they can't be like too detailed
0: and they're very Uh, sparse on detail yeah
1: yeah and he so already he's working in the newspaper medium and then he has uh, a physical disability where he's struggle where like drawing anything in immense detail would be exceedingly difficult and pointless for him so he had he developed a very a very loose style Mm. and then they adapted that into animated animation and their fully able-bodied animators just also did that
0: yeah um part of me wants to respect the very clear non-effort effort being shown here because they went to the trouble of like mimicking john callahan's very distinct style like all, of his, uh, like, all of his approaches to, like, character proportion and body type, it's all present. And, they like, a lot of these characters do look like they come from uh, John Callahan's comics. Like, it's, it's a very accurate renda- rendering of that uh, style. But also, that leaves a lot of this episode befitting uh, John Callahan's very sparse style to look like absolute dog shit.
1: There's just nothing to look at.
0: They're like almost 70% of this cartoon. The backgrounds are just white with lines. That's there's all you're getting.
1: Usually you can, there's like a line delineating where the wall and the floor meet.
0: That's, that's it. it. That's all you're getting.
1: If that's your background. There might be a piece of furniture. Yeah. in the background
0: it's it's an eyesore like if you were to watch this at like you know midnight with the lights off you would just be fucking blinded by the screen brightness with all the fucking white
1: yeah because they don't even like drop a fill bucket of just like a color for a background it's just eggshell white
0: and it's it looks like the majority of this cartoon takes place in a fucking void like you never get a sense of place out of any scene in this show it's it's atrocious.
1: Full, full newspaper comic.
0: But, yes, yes. Uh, like, I do appreciate the, the effort and the non-effort that's taking place here. And uh, also, uh, to the show's credits, I guess, this is one of the first cartoons in history to be fully animated in Macromedia Flash.
1: The second being Max and Ruby.
0: Which looks a thousand times better than this. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? But also, um, it's the... The 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 problem with that is, uh, as we were saying beforehand, uh, making your show in Flash doesn't automatically make it cheap-looking and ugly. That it's takes uh, that that takes effort or lack thereof on the production side.
1: It is a it is a conscious decision to make the show look the way it does.
0: And whenever it's in motion, like you can almost pick out every single frame. Like the show is fighting itself constantly, and it's just a strain on the eyes. It's. Like, it looks so awkward in motion.
1: Fine, just put everything on threes.
0: You fucking might as well.
1: (sighs) But I mean, hey, this is the first Cartoon Night in Canada show with full frontal nudity.
0: Which, you know what? Uh, I'm a firm believer in more male nudity in movies and television. Yeah, why not? Like, like. Show the dick. I don't. I don't care. Uh, I'm looking at you, Robert Eggers, The Northman. Coward. The the climax. I'm not not on his front. He wanted it.
1: Oh. Okay. The studio
0: is the coward. Uh, but the the climax is a nude battle in a volcano, and you don't see shit.
1: <sighs> That's disappointing.
0: Like it's it's two Vikings fighting each other in in in, in a volcano. I like. I'm in the scene. Seeing some fucking dongsling around isn't going to take me out of it.
1: No, that's just going to add to the realism of the scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I want.
1: If, if, if you're not seeing them flip-flopping all over the place, or even better, rock hard from the thrill of battle.
0: Yeah, so uh, on that scale, John Callahan's Quads <laughs> is a better media production than, <laughs> than Robert Eggers' The Northman. By that metric, it <laughs> but, is superior. And that
1: metric alone.
0: That metric alone, yes.
1: Yeah, but does the Northman uh, make the pussy purr?
0: You want to explain? I mean, it probably does for some people.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh,
0: Alexander Skarsgård is a fucking ripped man.
1: So there's a, there's a bit in this episode where, because he made a deal with the devil to get his dick back, so now Riley and Franny have just been doing nothing but sex all day, every day.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, they don't really have any jobs. No. Uh, which I don't understand. Cause I, I guess they, uh, I, I, I guess his neighbor just gave them the mansion wholesale without any like mortgage or any kind of rent or anything like Taxes. that. Because anything like that, because they're just existing in that mansion. And that's the premise.
1: It's just vibes. Um, so, So their sex life has left Franny, like, completely fulfilled, and then at one point, when it starts to get darker, she walks in to the kitchen, and her pussy is literally purring. Like, like, it is the sound effect of a cat purr, and...
0: That's almost a joke.
1: Almost! Um, and then the almost a joke is immediately, like, you got an ice-cold bucket of water poured over it, because, turns out, Riley was fully asleep but his dick was not so she just assaulted him.
0: And there's a rape joke in this cartoon.
1: Yay. And, and that
0: and is the, the, and
1: that is what left her the most satisfied in their sex life.
0: This this is the weird thing because uh Cal- Callahan is a dark humorist, but also according to his biography, he was molested at the age of 12. Oh. Yeah.
1: That just made this even worse.
0: Yeah, uh I'm sure he was fine with this. I'm sure that he had like final say on everything. I like I couldn't find any information on how involved he actually was with this I cartoon. Either. Outside of lending, like he was an executive producer and creator, and his name is above quads. But also, you can put a name on fucking anything. Yeah. So I don't know uh, to the degree, but also that just seems like because the the uh, in. In Callahan's life, the molestation led to him becoming a very early alcoholic in his life, like right soon after, to deal with the abuse, which led to him getting paralyzed.
1: Yeah, you can you can draw a pretty, a pretty straightforward line.
0: But maybe in, other. maybe in his twisted view of the world, he's one of those people who do things like, well, a woman can't rape a man, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's don't be silly.
0: Like so much of this script feels like it's trying to be like um Callahan's signature dark humor but it's so like bluntly rendered and kind of shitty that it doesn't translate like it doesn't feel like his hand uh, was ever on a script
1: no but I I will say I did notice that like there were times where that little bit of like John Callahan semi-sincerity would seek through would seep through and I would find myself going like wait wait I'm less offended about this than I was at Odd Job Jack
0: There there are like two specific jokes that I remember from this episode that felt like John Callahan jokes One I think it's Lefty's reading the morning newspaper and he says like oh no the person who writes the crossword died died recently and I think it's Blazer's Blazer who says yeah they buried him 6 down and 6 across Yeah that feel that's john callahan's humor
1: yeah cuz that was a very i could definitely see that in like a in a one panel comic
0: that is a one panel newspaper pun yeah
1: yeah
0: 100% and the other one which does feel like uh his kind of joke is um when during the exorcism scene where sister butch ha 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 butum uh tells tells everyone what to do uh to help her with the exorcism and she specifically look, points at fontaine the blind black man and says you watch the door
1: and to his credit he does then go across the hall and stand facing the door on the other side of the hall
0: yeah that that is uh that's that kind of like having it both ways john callahan humor about the uh disabled wherein it's both a joke on fontaine and at the person who told him to go do the task
1: yeah yeah that would that was very john callahan
0: yeah, and so like this is what we have to do is like we have to like sip through uh this shitty fucking just, cartoon. Just to, digging
1: to... through it and being like, okay, here's here is a joke. Be-
0: because that's that's proving to me that like the idea of a John Callahan cartoon wasn't the issue here. No. It's not like you couldn't have adapted his specific cartooning style to animation. It's just that this effort was not there.
1: It was yeah, it's it's lazy and it's cringy
0: like for all the for, for like the six down and six across joke like which is kind of clever you also get one where uh spaulding is showing riley his uh father's like pornography collection and, and spaulding
1: like, ew, ew, ew. female genitalia
0: exactly spaulding the homosexual man goes like female genitalia gross like but, um, it's really this this is what's going to get me to slap my knee I, that that that's all you got. <sighs> I'm really <laughs> tired. Yeah, it's not a it's not a great cartoon. Definitely does not hold up in any kind of way. But oddly, not for uh, the presumed offensiveness of it. It's just kind of lazy.
1: Yeah, like the offensiveness is. I've I've seen worse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen uh, worse. I've seen meaner. I just the the show kind of nothinged me.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, even with, like, e- even with, like, that whole female genitalia gross joke, it's like, I, that's not even, that's not even, like, a joke.
1: No, that's just a, I don't even know what to call it. It is neither a joke nor a character beat.
0: No, no, it's it's nothing. Uh, and there's one moment where the, uh, the the cartoon does get close to, uh, racism, where, uh, In service of the devil riley starts to do some blasphemy things and he replaces the body of christ at his local church with tortilla chips and for whatever reason the one person that they show receiving the body of christ is a mexican gangbanger naturally and who keeps saying like oh it's so delicious you'd be great with some salsa like i what This was 2001. I guess that was acceptable at the I, time.
1: I guess. Yeah, like, Sister Butch notes that other people in the line have already received communion. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, it's just, this is the one guy who's speaking up about it.
0: Yeah, I, I we're just kind of circling this idea where, for, for what, like, John Callahan and his comics were, and they were occasionally genuinely offensive, like... For John Callahan's quads, it feels so like I don't want to say watered down because that makes it sound like I want it to be more offensive. God but no It's it's missing an edge.
1: Yeah. It's like weirdly toothless mm-hmm. but not in a way that that makes it inoffensive. No. It's just like obsessively gumming at you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a way to put it.
1: Oh,
0: I've got. It. John Callahan's Quads. Don't worry, we'll gum ya.
1: We're going to gum ya.
0: Yeah, we don't have a lot to say on this one, I guess, cuz it's it's fascinating uh, in one respect wherein 2001 was apparently the year of John Callahan. He had two cartoons come out. He was syndic- nationally syndicated in multiple newspapers, and after 2001, everybody just kind of moved on and he never had another project like this.
1: Yeah, it seems like it didn't really have like the the popularity they were expecting.
0: When was the uh, when was the Dilbert cartoon? Was that around the same time?
1: I was just about to say because um, there was Dilbert and there was also um, what's that other Canadian one?
0: Uh, for better or for worse.
1: That's the one. Yeah, the Dilbert series was ninety nine to two thousand. Huh. And for better or for worse was also two thousand and one
0: wow we were just uh prowling through the funnies on for for like cartoon inspiration huh
1: got it in our heads that like hey you know those like one to maybe four panel comics that get published in the newspaper every day what if we expanded that to 22 minutes
0: it's you know what uh, speaking of the Dilbert cartoon it's kind of funny how john callahan's reputation is better than the dilbert guy scott adams now right (laughs) Like John Callahan was uh, a belligerent alcoholic who deliberately pushed buttons and did not care about anyone's feelings, and he's a nicer, more respectable person than Scott Adams. Yep. Oh fuck you, Dilbert guy.
1: Fuck you, Dilbert guy.
0: Probably and probably his comics are less offensive than Dilbert. Yeah. Did you? Probably. <laughs> did you see that thing recently? Uh, this is a tangent because we don't we. There's nothing to fucking talk about with quads did you see that thing recently where Scott Adams was complaining about his latest comic being censored by uh by, by like and like uh reported by people and complained about because uh and he said like well why is why is everyone complaining about this? I introduced the first black character, and the black character uh his one line is like i believe women are women
1: I did not see this
0: uh like his his whole thing is like it's just a a joke about trans people yeah. And the best part about that is not only is it a shitty joke and no one no one thinks it's funny and fuck you for being a bigot, but also it was never printed in color anywhere. So the joke about the one character being black didn't play.
1: I mean, like, you can you can have black characters in black and white media. But it didn't. Incredible.
0: It was a fuck up.
1: Because it's so easy.
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> this is what we're reduced to. Fuck. Because... Because unlike uh, the Dilbert cartoon, John Callahan's quads didn't have a fun guest star list that included fucking Tom Green and Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Oh, should be. We... I forgot to bring up the thing that fucked me up most watching this is that Terry Hawks plays Franny.
0: Like the one notable voice actor of the bunch.
1: And it's my girl Terry Hawks.
0: <laughs> and her performance is fine, I guess, because uh, it the character is very limited. It's It's a one note beat and she gets it
1: well especially in this episode because like her singular character in this episode is that she got sexed up good
0: Yep, yeah, that that's that that's the the long and short of its emphasis on long ha 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 ha.
1: i don't know we 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 saw dick riley's dick it's not
0: eh flaccid okay he could be he could be a grower not a shower
1: <laughs> okay i don't know i don't know either
0: Look, like, there's no there's no reason for you like so far into this episode to suddenly take him to test for his dick dick size.
1: No, that's a that's a low bar.
0: What what do you think about the uh, interpretation of the de- the devil in this I, episode? I was
1: just about to bring him up
0: because uh, yeah, by the way we're just like really talking around this episode because it's not a really fun episode. <laughs> but uh, in selling his soul to the devil, he does appear on the Faustian crossroads yeah. where the devil appears to him and offers him a contract
1: with nothing written on it
0: and that might have been a that might have been a a laziness thing i couldn't tell if that was a
1: laziness thing but like he also starts complaining about the shitty quality of like the printers in hell so i but it's not specific enough that i'm just like wait is this intentional is he just getting riley to sign a blank contract and and that's the joke
0: well, we're getting a lot of jokes and metaphors mixed up because it's a very Faustian kind of deal, but also right afterwards it becomes a godfather thing and then later becomes an exorcist thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I I didn't hate this idea of the devil, of, like, making him sort of just, like, a needly, pencil-pushing narc.
0: He's like a nebbish bureaucrat, which, yeah. uh, it, it, it's, it's a classical way of doing a kind of devil.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a direction you can go in. Um... Obviously, I didn't think it was super fun. No. Um. I I I like a devil who's enjoying themselves.
0: One of my favorite devil interpretations is um, and this is related to another uh, Canadian cartoon. I think it's Canadian. Do you remember uh, Moville's Mysteries*?
1: I remember the name.
0: Uh, it, it's notable because it's the one uh like cartoon performance wherein what's his name uh Frankie Muniz at like the height of his powers was the lead character on. Okay. And yeah. uh, th- there is one, like, Faustian episode of that series where one of the characters, not, not any of, like, the three main ones, but, like, a side character, sells his soul to the devil for uh, guitar playing lessons. Okay. And it turns out, like, he didn't actually do that. That was just a hallucination. But his brother, his younger brother, who is, like, a violin prodigy, did. And the devil shows up to collect his soul and take him to hell. The- cartoon for kids, by the way. Naturally. I actually do want to do the show now. Um,
1: okay, I'll put and it on the list.
0: It's just a, it's just like a little Girl Scout who's floating.
1: That is good.
0: And like she speaks in a really deep, gravitas infused voice, like it's like Max von Sydow.
1: Okay. And
0: it's like yeah, that's fine. Like I like I like that kind of uh, someone you didn't expect to be the devil being the devil.
1: Yeah, I I think my favorite adaptation of the devil is. Not an adaptation of the devil, um, but it's Hades from Disney's Hercules, because I don't think it's... that that Hades is a good Hades, but he's a fantastic devil.
0: And and also you, you have that extra evil factor by being voiced by James Woods. Naturally. That, that does a lot of heavy lifting.
1: Yeah. Specifically uh, doing an impression of like a sleazy used car salesman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what most people, that's kind of what this character is doing too. Kind
1: of like he's a little he's a little less charismatic and he's more just like a little less slick. Yeah. Like I don't think that this this show's devil could sell me a car.
0: But apparently he can go toe to toe with a built like a brick shithouse house <laughs> nun in a wrestling match.
1: I mean, you got to.
0: That was that was an okay kind of ending joke, I guess, wherein the the uh the battle over Riley's soul between the the nun character, Sister Butch, and the nebbish uh, accountant-like devil, is a wrestling match for no reason.
1: Yeah, I was I was okay with that.
0: I mean, but that also just begs questions, like, why is this guy's soul so important?
1: Yeah, I've played enough D D to know that like devils don't really care, or like they'll take any soul they can get, but like good people's souls are generally tastier than than assholes.
0: And also like. I've seen some other episodes of the series. Uh, Riley is still going to hell no matter what.
1: Yeah, so is everyone else, apparently.
0: Like, the devil got a shit deal in this one because you, you like, that was a done deal. He was uh, a monster and an asshole, and, and you didn't need to go through the extra effort of tricking him Yeah, you for didn't need to his, give him his dick.
1: anything. And then, like, at I the, mean, but... the tail end, apparently, God just, like, listens finally and gives him his, his dick back anyway. So Riley wins. Yay!
0: Yeah, I didn't get that last part, how, like, after, um, a- after the devil tears up his contract because, uh, Sister Butch beats his ass while nude. Good for her. And, like, the the sight of her vagina was so terrible that everybody died, and, uh, the devil said, like, you know what? No, I, I can't do this anymore. Your, your soul isn't worth looking at this crusty old nun's vagina. And afterwards, uh, just sitting together he just gets his erection back he just
1: gets a after like to be fair he also does send another soul to church because blazer is like all about that nussy. that nussy. and so he <laughs> so he says like fuck yeah i'll go to that, church and that
0: habit covered nussy.
1: yep and uh so like i guess that i or i think that that's like what it's trying to do is that like God is thankful that he got another soul in church, so he just like gives him a boner.
0: Miss Nussie is saved for Jesus. What were we talking about?
1: Nussie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awful. I'm so anyway, tired. so I thought it was like the the ending of those episode was um, the reason why his his, his dick don't do work again is because. Uh, she like the last thing she says to him is like you'll always be my big strong man. Oh. And and that just gets so him hard it's again because
1: affirmation of his masculinity.
0: Yeah, that that's what this is all about.
1: Okay. Oh, that's why I he guess. couldn't that's why he couldn't get a boner before was because uh he watched some sissy uh romance movie. So obviously. B- oh by
0: the way. Th- the the opening, like as you said, it, it begins with a romance like movie marathon because that's how uh, he's going to trick his uh his you know very female feminist girlfriend to ever care about sex is by it's by tricking her like that it's
1: by, like, by appealing to her emotions. Watching what what feels like it's a soap opera. I didn't think it was movies.
0: But but also uh, that's like that, that like a uh, bit there where they're watching that movie has like the movie itself has no background at all. Yeah. like for that they didn't even pretend like they were filling something in it's just two characters in a white void which kind of made me smile it's like wow you you people didn't give a shit
1: not a single fuck was given that day
0: but also it's all it was also kind of a gone with the wind parody
1: yeah yeah because like her opening line is like what am i supposed to do and that's like Like, but
0: where will i go what what will i do in kind of a southern accent i don't give a damn but instead of, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. He like, "Well, you dumb whore, you shouldn't have slept with my my, my friend, my my, my husband, my my, my my father, my best friend, the mailman, the 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 the, the newspaper boy." I, it's what? Yeah, I don't get it.
1: I don't get how this show got two seasons.
0: Maybe it was super big in Australia.
1: Well, there's an Australian character, so...
0: Actually, I never thought about that, because I didn't know when I was, like, a kid that this was an Australian co-production. Is The only reason why Spalding's Australian is because of that. Yes. That it was a co-production. That was how they appealed to the... I'm,
1: I'm calling it now. That's it.
0: By making him a big, offensive gay stereotype.
1: Yep. That, that's like, this some... is what we
0: think of your countrymen Australians.
1: You got Steve Irwin, and you got the gays.
0: There is an episode, I believe, where his uh, Spalding's parents come to visit, and well, that was that was whole... on
1: your list.
0: Yeah, and the, the, the that's one of, of the few I remember because we selected this episode, by the way, listener, because of two reasons: one, we like the pun, and two, it's like one of like four I can fucking remember.
1: Yeah, Spalding in the family way was was also on the list.
0: Yeah, and that whole bit is that he's trying to convince his parents that he's straight because he's afraid they'd be ashamed love him being a big old gay guy and uh yeah
1: i think i'm a worse person now you think so yeah yeah i think
0: uh
1: i think like i'm just you know just i'm a little bit closer to hell because i saw this show cool yeah that, that's my take
0: uh it. A, f- a fun thing though uh a fun thing about this series is uh it it actually and this is just to talk more about John Callahan and the 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 weird uh, level of respect slash condemnation I have for him. Uh, it adapts one of his most infamous comics in one of the characters um, Fontaine, the blind and black um, character. Uh, that's based on one of his comics where it's a it's a black man panhandling and the sign over his head. Over his, like, his, you know, sandwich board panhandling mm-hmm. sign. It says, please help me. I'm blind, black, but not musical. I get it. You get it? I get it. You get it. You get it. See, that's, it, it's a good joke. That's a good joke. Everyone laughed. Everyone was laughed. At, at, and, like, Gary Larson himself from A Side Fame traveled to Portland and gave John Callahan a high five. And just he, a big old he, smooch. He made a million dollars and moved into a mansion, not unlike John Gallahan's quads, and lived happily ever after until 2010, when he died due to surgery.
1: Surgery will fuck you up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a. It was a surgery to correct his chronic bed sores, and um, didn't go well. Well, fuck. Yeah, he uh, he lived a massively tragic, but nevertheless. Uh, successful and interesting life and John Callahan's Quads and John Callahan's peswick are ironically just footnotes in his career. That is the That's a that's the best way that they could be remembered.
1: Yeah, is as little as possible.
0: Cuz I can't even call them van- a vanity project cuz I'm not even sure how interested he was in making them because sure Quads feels like his like an like a bastardization of his humor cell but pel- Pelswick, Peswick or whatever it's called, is just a straight up kids cartoon.
1: Yeah, like trying to kiddify his his sense of humor seems like a a weird attempt. Like that's a strange thing to even try to do.
0: It feels like that would be more offensive than quads.
1: Yeah, like a version of this sense sense of humor that's specifically targeting kids.
0: One that's also trying, like, according to uh the Wikipedia page and stuff I read about uh, Callahan's career, Pelswick was trying to be, like, the life-affirming and positive cartoon, wherein John Callahan was never a life-affirming and positive guy, and he was the first to admit that.
1: Yeah, like, that was never his brand.
0: So, like, I'm going to assume that... John Callahan's quads, he had a degree of work into, or, like, his hand was somewhere in the production. He didn't give a shit or a fuck or any kind of consideration towards Pelswick.
1: Well, we'll find out when we get to there.
0: Oh, thank God. Because this is one that we're definitely never going to revisit again.
1: Absolutely not.
0: I can guarantee you that.
1: I I have no interest in returning. Even as a joke.
0: Even as a bit. Uh... Maybe, God forbid, a Patreon takes off and they just request John Callahan revisit. We'll do it.
1: Yeah, we'll do that
0: if you pay us.
1: If you pay us, we'll torture ourselves some more.
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you pay us the right amount on whatever Patreon tier this hypothetical Patreon we come with, we will absolutely watch episode like episode seventeen. Of season two, which is called Let the Gimp Games Begin.
1: I, I have a price.
0: We all do. We're a podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm so tired.
0: Anything else to say about John Callahan's quads? I mean, you've already mentioned you feel closer to hell for watching yeah, it. I, I, you, you feel like a worse person?
1: I want to go. <laughs>
0: You no 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 that's fine you're you're you're, you're doing good Chris, but what what i want to go i want to go home no i'm sorry <laughs> we have to finish this uh if you're interested at all in watching john callahan's quads well hey i've got great fucking news for you the, the whole entire thing is
1: on youtube
0: the entire thing is on youtube actually legally because uh the people who hold the rights um to the show it's an australian company called media world just put it up on youtube
1: which normally i say that like oh that's a that's an unabashed good just having all this media up for free i don't think this is
0: what are you talking about
1: i don't think that this is a a a good
0: you don't think it's a good
1: it's not a good
0: Well, I'm sorry to say that uh, that means you disagree with the Gemini Awards, which in 2001 awarded this Best Direction in a Comedy Program. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter at Pod. Please please, uh, leave us a rating on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts, because that will help us reach the widest possible audience. Uh, You can find me at... Cinema Creep on Twitter,
1: and I guess you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons.
0: And we promise that the next one will be better. We promise that it always won't be scraping the bottom of the barrel like we are today. But don't worry, that bottom, that that barrel just, just stretches for infinity. We'll we'll find worse things.
1: Every time we finish scraping one bottom of the barrel, we we break through to to another deeper barrel.
0: We gotta find a good fucking adult animated show because this is getting ridiculous
1: i don't think they exist
0: oh they do exist but we've just been fucking saving them <laughs> because we don't want to like blow our wad on them
1: well yeah we're gonna have to do one eventually
0: just just so that like this doesn't become our most skipped episode episodes in our cycle where it's like oh you we are talking about another shitty adult animated show that nobody likes great
1: yeah miss, give that one a miss
0: like you you no, you stop trying to resurrect John Callahan's quads. No one cares. John Callahan probably didn't care.
1: I I will happily stop it. He
0: he, he got he got the paycheck, he got the title card and that's all he did.
1: I, will, I so hope I will, I, I will put that one back in the ground
0: where it belongs. Good night. Good night and have Prince. a wonderful day, listener.